I am constantly on the go. I'm really always on the go. I'm flying somewhere. I'm getting on airplanes, getting off airplanes. Uh, I'm in this state. I'm in that state. Time zones are changing. It is nuts. But I'm always looking for a way to stay healthy while I do it. And I've been hearing my friends in the industry talk a lot about Field of Grains. And now I know why. This is unlike any of the superfoods that are out there because it uses real USDA organic fruits, organic vegetables. It's packed with antioxidants and it supports what? your immune system, heart health, metabolism, blood pressure, digestion, and it is pre and probiotic. Field of Greens is packed with 18 clinically researched essential fruits and vegetables, and it's super easy to add to your morning routine. You don't have to mix and match the pills. There's no nasty gummies. There's no gimmicks. Just one scoop, glass of water, boom, done. Here is the best part. It tastes great and it comes in multiple flavors. So you go where? BrickHousePoso.com and you get 15% off your first order with promo code POSO at checkout. They have a whole line of amazing products to help you live up to your full potential. So check them out today. BrickHousePoso.com. BrickHousePoso.com is the website and use promo code POSO. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily powered by Turning Point USA. Today's top stories, President Biden may send thousands of U.S. troops to the Russian border as Germany and France hold talks with Russia without the United States. Second, massive pro-life and anti-mandate marches were held in Washington, D.C. Also coming up, corporate sponsors are skipping the CCP Olympics. Huge story breaking on this. And then finally, huge news out of Epoch Times, the CCP's Huawei paid none other than Tony Podesta $1 million for lobbying the Biden White House. All of this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Well, we told you about this a week ago. Before anybody, here Human Events Daily, we told you that Biden administration wanted to institute a policy of wag the dog with Russia and Ukraine because of their massive domestic policy failures. And now we've been getting nothing more than a full drumbeat. The war drums are out. Ron Klain, the chief of staff, is running around Washington, D.C., telling people that President Biden is going to be the new Patton, and he'll go down in history as the president that finally defeated Putin. The guy can barely defeat you know, a press conference. He can't even make it through. He can't even make it through his own prepared remarks. He's got to walk those back. Understand, they wanted a managed decline. That was what the Biden uh, administration used to say. That's what the Obama administration used to say. Now it's in total free fall. So look at the situation. The U.S. is discussing military deployments on the, on the Russian border, right? So they want to send uh, troops, thousands of U.S. troops, our soldiers, into harm's way, into the Baltic states, which border Russia, as the West is stepping up its response to Russian threats. That's out of NBC. However, listen to this. Newsweek, Ukraine condemns the United States' decision to begin evacuating people from the country. Well, hold on a second. I thought that all of this was going to go like to crazy. You know, I thought the conflict was imminent. Why is Ukraine uh, attacking the U.S. for this. Oh, and then you look at some of the statements here. This is a premature manifestation of excess caution. The Ukraine foreign minister actually said, in fact, there have been no radical changes in the security situation recently. The accumulation of Russian troops near the state border began in April of last year. Understand 
when you are the dog being wagged. That's what's going on. And then finally, the EU is not pulling their diplomats from Kiev while the U.S. is. So explain it to me. Why is it that the U.S. is doing everything they can to say conflict is imminent, conflict is imminent, conflict is imminent, and yet the EU doesn't seem, when you've got two dogs barking, you understand that there's a threat. But when you've got one dog barking and one dog that isn't barking, one of those dogs knows something that the other one doesn't. And now France and Germany are going to be holding independent talks with Russia in Paris this week outside of the EU. This is a major embarrassment for President Biden and a massive embarrassment for Secretary of State Tony Blinken, who's already seen as a massive embarrassment because of Kabul just about five months ago. But I want to take everybody back to a few years ago, because there is a clip that came out and we talked about this all throughout 2020. But I think people have forgotten just why it is that President Biden and the Biden family care so much about Ukraine. Let me take you back into the Wayback Machine. So I got Ukraine, and uh, um, I remember going over convincing our team, our <coughs> others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah. I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of <laughs> got fired. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Remember, Hunter Biden was getting $50,000 a month from Burisma, which is a state-related enterprise in Ukraine. This is one set of oligarchs versus another set of oligarchs. This is not in the national interest of the United States of America to get involved with a border dispute that's been going on over there for 30 years in the current instance, but in some instances going back hundreds of years. If you look at the tensions between Moscow and Kiev, we do not have an interest. The Biden administration has an interest in wagging the dog. That's what this is all about. And unfortunately, and I, I said this the other day, and now I'm gonna have to say it again, you are going to get good people killed in Ukraine the same way you did in Kabul if you keep pushing forward with this madness. Respect our people, respect the children of this country. Do not put them in harm's way for no reason. Well, over the weekend, two massive marches took place in Washington, D.C. Both, when you think about it, really, both standing up for freedom. So on Friday, I was able to attend the March for Life. This was a massive outpouring for the freedom and really for the life of the unborn innocent. Unborn, they're also called preborn children that under Roe v. Wade, which was passed in 1973, have been allowed in many circumstances right, to be killed. Right? This procedure was legalized throughout the country. However, the biggest thing that I've heard from the March for Life, talking to people there, and you saw, I would say, you know, there's obviously a very strong 
uh, religious element to it. So you've got a lot of churches bring people, a lot of Catholic schools, universities bring people in, and they come from all around the country. What, even when I was in high school, 20 years ago, we were coming down with the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, and we would come down, we would do mass at the National Basilica in the morning, and then a prayer service, and then we would go out to the march. And I got to tell you, it was freezing cold on Friday, but that didn't deter people. You probably had 25 to 30,000 people at that march. This is one of the biggest marches that I've seen, in, you know, for coming from the conservative side in a very, very long time. And certainly, honestly, quite frankly, it's the biggest march I've seen from the conservatives since January 6th, probably the biggest event of all since January 6th that's taken place. So that means that shows that it can happen again. And, you know, were there feds there? Undoubtedly, right? But the fact of the matter is there were so many people who were so positive, who were so standing on the side of peace, that were standing on the side of God, that were standing on the side of fighting for the rights of the unborn. It was just a truly amazing sight to see. And the one thing I've always said that I find so remarkable is that at the March for Life, every single person who's there is marching for somebody else. None of those people derive direct benefit, right, from that. And so, of course, we broke down on the, on the show the other day that it does look like, it does look like that Roe v. Wade could potentially be overturned this year, or at least, uh, you know, majorly changed if the Supreme Court comes down in their decision in Missouri. That was the first march. The second march was the Defeat the Mandates march. Take a look. We've got video that I want to play for you for this chant from the crowd. I also want you to know, uh, spoiler alert, Freedom wins. Incredible. And now we actually got to visit with Dr. Malone the night before. We went, to, went out to dinner with Dr. Malone and uh, J.P. Sears and Steve Kirsch, a few of the other people who were there. Amazing event. And what was so interesting to me about the Defeat the Mandates March was that it wasn't something that you could easily fit into one box of, is this conservatives or is this liberals? Is it left-wing, is it right-wing? It's, it's not, it's really not. That was a true dissident. I, I really have to stress that. It's a dissident march of people who are saying, and by the way, there were marches all around the world this weekend. Brussels, you saw this in, uh, in Amsterdam, the stuff that's going on in Paris marches all around the world against vaccine mandates. And many areas, by the way, the mandates are already coming off. The UK just announced this, the restrictions are coming off. Ireland just announced the restrictions are coming off. So what's going on, Washington, D.C.? In Washington, D.C., in our nation's capital, we have mandates. So where this march was going on, the steps of Lincoln Memorial, technically, they were all under mandate, every single person there. So the question is, why are they still pushing this? And I just said in the last segment, right, when we were talking about the Ukraine-Russia situation, that if you have two dogs barking, you see a threat. But if you have one dog barking and one dog that isn't, the one of those dogs knows something that the other one doesn't. So what is it? What does the UK know? What does Ireland know? What do all these countries and areas know that are dropping the restrictions versus places like the US where you got the Biden administration that's continuing to push for a federal mandate, at least for federal workers. Then you've also got areas like Washington DC, like New York City, like Los Angeles and other areas that are pushing a vaccine mandate. Like you go to the South, by the way. So we're actually doing the show out of Nashville today. You go to the South, it's like COVID doesn't exist. 
it's like people are just back to normal. And they've been like this, by the way, for about a year. They are not going along with it the same way that the northern and the blue cities are. They're just not doing it. The northern states, the blue cities, it's like you guys have one view on it and other states have another view on it. Texas, Florida. And by the way, go look at the rates. And I checked this. I checked this. All you fact checkers out there, you know, you're going to come at me on this. 36% down. Cases are down 36% in Texas and Florida. Omicron has peaked. Uh, and by the way, Omicron has peaked in New York State and New York City as well. So if this thing has peaked, it's on the downside. We saw the deaths didn't go up the same way they did for other variants. And what are those two words that you're not supposed to say, that they don't want anyone to say, that is conferred that if you get Omicron and then you recover, natural immunity. The two words that you're not supposed to say, they don't want anybody to say, why? Because nobody can make money off of natural immunity. The same way that nobody's cashing checks if there isn't conflict in Ukraine and Eastern Europe. That's why the US government in many of these cases is feeding off of conflict. Winter storm Jasper has made landfall. The Carolinas are getting pounded. You've got, according to FlightAware, 213 flights in the U.S. have already seen cancellations today with 535 more delayed from Chicago to Newark to Houston to Atlanta, the Carolinas, the Virginia, the Atlantic coast. Winter storm Jasper is smashing down. This is a storm squall. You're also getting lake effect in some areas. Folks, be warm this winter. Go to MyPillow.com, use promo code POSO. You get all your new warm beddings. You get your the robes. You get the slippers. You need to bundle up. We got the blankets over there. So MyPillow.com, promo code POSO. Winterstorm Jasper is only the first one. And by the way, we're in Nashville today. Nashville is actually pretty nice. Nashville, it's, it's, we're doing okay. But back home in DC, we were seeing temperatures with the wind chill. It was down 18 degrees. 12 degrees and sometimes when we were out for these marches, those people, those brave freedom fighters who were out there, freezing below freezing cold. So that's why you go, if you're gonna be planning any of this activity, or if you're just at home with your kids, you wanna keep everybody warm, you go to mypillow.com, promo code POSO, you stock up now before the next winter storm, the ice hits you. We gotta get into this next story because here's something that Human Events Daily has been talking about for a while now, we're gonna bring it back up. Out of the Wall Street Journal, they finally picked it up. So they, this, is, this has been what we've seen, you know, the dynamic, that we talk about something here at Human Events Daily, and then the Wall Street Journal picks it up a week or two later. The Winter Olympics in Beijing, fine co sponsors caught between Beijing and the U.S. Visa, P&G, and Coca-Cola are keeping a relatively low profile as Washington highlights human rights in Xinjiang. This is a massive, massive win for the entire world vis-a-vis the CCP regime, right? And I told you this. Look, I don't know if you guys understand how the world works, but the marketing budgets for Visa, right? P&G, Coca-Cola, you were talking about some of the biggest marketing firms and marketing budgets in the entire world, right? You're talking, these companies have the same, you know, their, their marketing budget is the size of the GDP of some of the small countries out there. So P&G, not running ads. Visa, you haven't seen the ads. Coca-Cola, they're only doing ads inside China for the Winter Olympics, nowhere else. And then NBC, well, NBC, it's amazing because they're doing light ads and then they'll say, Winter Olympics, 
2022, really big, and then all the way down in the corner, it says Beijing. What's up with that? What's going on? And I just saw this one, it was going viral last night. There's a new, I guess there's a new Jurassic Park movie coming out, and uh, this is called Jurassic World Dominion. So go and look at this ad, because I while you're watching it, right, it shows a skier, and she's on the ski slope. It doesn't look like it's in Beijing. It doesn't even look like it's in China. And the only mention of China anywhere in this ad is like all the way down in the corner again, it says Beijing. Take a look at this. So you understand what's going on. The world has finally woken up to this because this is corporate America now. These are the corporate multinational giants or Coca-Cola. That's out of Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. We are putting the pressure on these brands to stay out of the CCP, to stay out of doing business with the butchers, the genociders, and the brutal dictator that is Xi Jinping. Now, I've said it before, this, these Olympics are going to be his coronation as chairman for life. So the Olympics are still going on. But understand that when you see this now, when you see this, you understand that this is an inflection point in history. The people of the free world are not going to go along with this. Look, they want us. They want you to just be a subservient renter class of consumers so China manufactures the goods, we consume them. And we're just supposed to take it, and then we see and we, oh, there's a new Netflix, oh, there's a new Jurassic Park, you just swipe, you just, you're swiping along, and you're not supposed to care about any of these things. You're not supposed to care about the million Uyghurs in concentration camps. You're not supposed to care about what the CCP is doing around the world. You're not supposed to care about that lab in Wuhan. Well, guess what? The people care, and corporate America is showing the truth. Well, we just got a massive story out of Epoch Times, and I have to tell you, this it's, it's one of those things where it's a bombshell, and it is a legitimate bombshell, but at the same time, when you hear this one, it, you're like, you know what? We knew. We knew this was happening. We knew this was exactly what was happening. The CCP's Huawei is paying their top U.S. lobbyists $1 million to lobby the Biden White House. And who could it be? Who could it be that the CCP would bring in to hire as their top lobbyists for the Biden White House? None other than your favorite and mine, Tony Podesta. Yes, that's right. Tony Podesta, the brother of John Podesta, was paid $500,000 in Q4 of 2021 and then another $500,000 uh, bringing his sum total of lobbying all the way up to $1 million to lobby for Huawei, which of course it, uh, is installing or trying to install China's version of 5G. They want to come into the U.S. They want to get into our infrastructure. This is essentially like if you had the KGB in the Cold War coming to the U.S. and saying, hey, would you like us to maybe install uh, telephone lines for the White House? It'd be very nice to do this. It would be great. I think we'll uh, have good communication, great success. Yeah, this is ridiculous. This is completely ridiculous. And so when you're Tony Podesta, you are a massive, very, very powerful left-wing power broker. 
Of course, his brother, John Podesta, uh, was instrumental on Hillary Clinton's campaign, Secretary Clinton's campaign in 2016, as well as being the chief of staff to President Bill Clinton all throughout the 90s. Go and listen to Tony Podesta describe his business in his own words. I mean, I, I, I'm proud of what I do. I represent uh, lots of organizations and, and, uh, and businesses and, and countries. Uh, and uh, uh, we, do, we, we work hard for our clients and we present the views of our clients to, to policymakers in the executive branch or in, or in, uh, or in the Congress. Uh, and, and they're generally happy to be better informed about the views of our, of our clients. There's nothing wrong with that, I think. So let's continue the story on. The filings indicate that Huawei spent $3.59 million in lobbying the United States in 2021, nearly eight times as much as it did in 2020. Gosh, I can't think. Why would Huawei be spending eight times more on Washington in 2021 than they did in 2020? Could something have changed in Washington, D.C. between 2020 and 2021 that would make the CCP want to be spending eight times more money than they did? Could it, I can't think, can you, can, and you guys, maybe in the comments, leave us a message, you can help me out a little bit. What could it be that would make the CCP spend that much more money in Washington from 2020 to 2020? I just can't put my finger on it. Folks, this is what we do here at Human Events Daily. We follow the money. And I've told you this before. Our elites, our power brokers, our leaders, they're bought and sold. That's why when you see things like this and you say, why aren't we pulling out of the CCP Olympics? Why are we going along with this thing? Why are we trying to fight for war in, uh, in Ukraine? By the way, Ukraine, $50,000 a month, Hunter Biden. Understand, bought and sold our elites, their families. This isn't even elite capture anymore. This is elite merger that we're now seeing between the U.S. and the CCP. Well, that's it for us here at Human Events Daily. Four action-packed segments delivering you your daily briefing. That's what you come here for every day. And remember our solemn motto, our oath, our vow to you. Be good, be brief, be gone. That's what we do here at Human Events Daily, day in, day out. Analysis and look-aheads. We are looking around the corner with the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal. They're playing catch-up with us every single day. But before I leave you, it's time for today's moment of history. And this one, I actually really like this one. January 24th, 1972. Japanese soldier Soichi Yokoi was discovered on the island of Guam, U.S. territory, after he had spent 28 years hiding out in the jungle, not knowing that World War II had ended. They had to bring his commanding officer to order him to come out. Now that is loyalty. Ladies and gentlemen, you have my permission to lay ashore. <laughs> 